Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Around the Table here at Kryptonite at the Arculus Studio. Today, we have a very exciting guest for the show, Elliot Hill of Veracity. Welcome to the show. Hey, Josh. Hey, Lucas. Really excited to be here. Joining today from uh, the UK. Um, and really great to be on your show. I absolutely love the setup you guys have got, and it's going to be a great show, I think. Thanks, man. Yeah, a lot of a lot of blood, sweat, and tears put into the studio right here. But let's start off with just simply who you guys are. I mean, your guys' community is stoked. We've been talking about it and kind of hyping it up on Twitter for a little bit. But you just want to explain what your guys' products are, and then we'll get into the backstories uh, of who you are in just a moment. Yeah, really, uh, really great st- place to start. So we're Veracity. Um, we're an open ledger ecosystem designed to primarily fight advertising fraud, which I'm sure we're going to talk about why that's such an important goal a little bit later. Um, but we also provide other product verticals such as Vera Wallet, which has over 300,000 users. And we've just recently launched the Vera Card as well, which is like a, a first step into the payment solutions ecosystem. So we're really like uh, Veracity is our core brand but we have a lot of different products that we use under that umbrella definitely yeah marketing you know parties must hate you that (laughs) so you're you're canceling the advertisement completely but go for it well you know i think it's kind of interesting to see sort of where you guys came from right you guys have been around for for a while now it's not your first rodeo um a lot of us probably heard of you guys uh you know for me it was maybe 2019 when i was really sort of getting into it um you know have traded have traded you all before so thank you for uh thank you for the gains man um but you know when we come back to that core element of advertiser fraud right you've got the proof of viewership right and so one of the things in the in the current you know industry that we fight a lot is botted viewership fake followers fake engagement and even though you know for instance we're, we're both you know large on tiktok we we have a lot of fake followers that we never paid for they're there you know i've had my views botted so what can you tell us about what you're doing to fight that and how you've maintained relevance after so many years of being in the industry yeah great question i mean we launched in 2017 <laughs> so we really are sort of like um a veteran product project um i've been in the crypto ecosystem since around 2016 and i I worked through the ico phase which is where veracity launched through an ico um and that seems like an age ago now but that really is a testament to how long we've been in the market how many market cycles we've weathered we're still here we're still pushing products um our team has grown exponentially since then and now we're really at a point I would say we're at an inflection point actually where we're ready to take these products to market. So for the for that second part, you you question about what that market is. Uh, primarily, we focus on video programmatic advertising. So there's two types of video really in in the world. There's video like um, like you guys do, like podcasts, uh, influencers, YouTubers, and that's sort of like. Um, community driven content and it's like special interest driven content and then there's content for brands and we can think of like coca-cola adverts nike adverts any major brand that you can think of they all run ads now running ads on the tv is is really simple but when you run ads online um there is as you've already highlighted a huge bot problem so most video ads online from brands around through what we call video programmatic advertising and this is absolutely rife with fraud 
So there's about um, there's an eighty billion dollar fraud problem right now, and they think this is going to be a hundred billion dollar fraud by twenty twenty five. And essentially, what this is, it's fake publishers. So publishers like um, someone might throw up a website and push loads of fake traffic to it. They basically say to a brand through uh, through an intermediary, "Look at all this traffic we've got. Come and buy ads on our website." But of course, as you guys know, because you guys basically run a publication, run a channel, sometimes, and and for you, you're not doing, you're not the perpetrators, and you're not buying those bots. But quite a lot of um, publishers, oftentimes in countries where this sort of thing is is okay, it's it's officially illegal, but it's not actually cracked down on. They will just buy loads of bots and fake views, and they will essentially take advertisers' money and um, not give them anything in return for it. So it's a really, really big problem. Video programmatic ads have around 73% more fraud and bots than any other form of advertising. So no one's really doing anything to make this industry transparent, except for obviously solutions like us through Veriviews. Yeah, we see it on a day-to-day basis at this point, especially in the financial sector, being in crypto. I mean, on TikTok alone, I think we have at least a thousand bots each that are just another blockchain boy or Joshua Jake yeah. uh, spamming, you know, some BS to uh, kind of promote some scam that they're pushing through our audience. But this goes, I mean, it goes even deeper. And actually, you'll notice it with your views. So if you have a video that hits 100,000 views, you are almost always guaranteed to like hit a certain amount of followers so if you get a million viewed video it's like you're gonna get ten thousand followers i just like the reality of it but like five weeks go by and all of a sudden you get this notification that says or you know you start seeing your uh your follower numbers start ticking down a little bit like really really quick it's because i don't know if they're pushing it what's going on behind the scenes but definitely a lot of that well they're was, trying to fight the bots right yeah. but it's impossible to fight so many um can you break down really for our viewers who, who maybe aren't you know familiar uh, with Veriviews, kind of how you guys are doing things differently and what that process looks like uh, for, for people who are just, you know, kind of getting into this. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, maybe start with, um, you know, prefacing that question with why is it actually so important that what the, for the solutions that we provide? And it's because a lot of the, um, a lot of the money that's generated through ad fraud, specifically programmatic ad fraud. I know you mentioned Josh there, you mentioned that um, they were maybe promoting scams, but in video programmatic, they're actually getting basically cold hard cash from these scams um, by by fake views. Um, mm. But they're using this quite often. They're like very sophisticated, organized criminal networks, and they're using these to fund other things. And we're talking like uh, human trafficking, uh, the drugs trade. And also now what we're seeing more increasingly is like arms trade. And specifically, some of these uh, things can be even linked to like the war in Ukraine and using getting weapons to the front line. So it's really, really important that we crack down and make it transparent. And that's bringing it round to what Veriviews does. So we're the only um, we're the only advertising platform at the moment to have a patent to put advertising data on the blockchain. As we know, like um, it's always been the, the key attraction of blockchain that it's totally transparent and immutable. So it makes perfect sense that we should store advertising campaign data on the blockchain. Of course, there's there's um, a lot of nuances to how we do this. So at Veriviews, we have, um, as you mentioned earlier, we've got a proof of, called a proof of view module. 
So proof of view is our own patented module that essentially takes the blockchain, that takes the data, sorry, from an advertising campaign and it stores it on a blockchain based ledger um, called the VeraChain, which is our own purpose built blockchain. When we're talking about advertising campaigns and, you know, video ads, we could be seeing absolutely billions of impressions per day. You know, we all know, you guys know how many people are watching videos across the world per day. So when we're talking about um, putting that data on a blockchain, to do that on the Ethereum main chain or any other blockchain would be incredibly costly because we're pushing all that data on chain um, and we would obviously have to use gas every time we did that. So what we've done is we've built a tailor-made side chain of, of Ethereum called the VeraChain where we can batch advertising campaign statistics and put them onto the blockchain. And the reason why this is so important is there are currently um, other solutions that offer ad fraud prevention, but um, those solutions don't actually offer it in a transparent manner. So both the publisher on the one side and the brand on the other side both have to trust that this solution in the middle, which is what we would do, um, is actually giving them the, the verifiable campaign data. Now, we don't have to verify that data because it's on chain and we push it to the blockchain straight away. It's all transparent and auditable and both sides can see exactly what's going on on chain. Um, but other solutions that are based on probably Web2 technologies, they rely heavily on trust. So all participants have to trust them. And that's actually just come to a head because um, one of the major uh, other you know, providers of ad fraud prevention, I won't name them directly, but um, you can go ahead and have a look uh, on Google. They've just been um, called out for actually not showing the correct data to their users. Um, and it's really had an impact on, on their company and, and their processes. So we essentially, we're the only um, ad fraud solution that has a patent to put data on the blockchain and store it in a transparent manner. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of kind of the collaborators that you guys work with right now, what you guys are approaching to do is almost just an uphill battle. Right? You're going to be dealing with all, some of the largest marketing agencies in the world because we all it, it's it's not like it's hidden that a lot of these, these companies are botting their views to get more money in their pockets. Right. So what are some of the issues that you might be running into or what are some of the values that collaborations and partnerships are bringing to your guys' team? So that way you can make this issue known that this is an issue. Um, and just tackle the industry and with these collaborations. Yeah, it's interesting actually because you know we do we've done a lot of these interviews and no one's ever actually asked sort of what are the blockers in the advertising industry. So we're often asked what the blockers with people um, wanting to adopt blockchain technology and this sort of thing. In actual fact, most people we speak to are very receptive of the blockchain element, so that's never actually really been a problem. As you say, the blocker is that quite a lot of publishers um, will be making money from from ad fraud essentially because mm -hmm. the fake views sort of incentivize um you know that that they're going to be paid more for ads however no honest publisher is is like um wittingly 
making money off fake views so in actual fact we are serving you know the majority and it is a vast majority of honest publishers who want to reduce fraud to the lowest possible level so that they can go back to the brands and the advertisers and say we ran this campaign for you it was a million dollars and 97 percent of the people um who watched your ad were real people and not bots so we only had a three percent fraud rate for instance and the reason this is important is because if publishers if the honest publishers don't do this then eventually the brands are going to stop putting money into advertising on their site and most i would say the vast majority of of publishers um see that that is not a long-term approach so they need to have something transparent that they can take to to brands and take to agencies and say, look, this is what we're doing to prevent fraud on our site. This is the portion of fraud that was in your campaign. You can verify this on chain. You don't have to trust us. Um, and this is how many real views we got on your ads. Of course, then the brands will say, well, that's perfect. That's great. Our advert was seen by 97% um, real people so we're going to spend more money with your publication so really we're at a point now where the publishers who adopt this transparent and auditable technology um, for actually proving that they're preventing fraud they're going to have a marked advantage over publishers who don't so publishers who refuse to for instance give transparent viewership data um, you know the brands will be in a position to ask you know why we can get um, transparent data from publisher a but but you don't want to give us that data so i actually think this transparency could become like a, a new standard for what brands demand from their publishers and the other intermediaries in between as well let me ask you uh two questions it's sort of the same question but it's, it's it's flipped around let's say i'm a publisher or uh you know a media source and i want to come to you and i want to say hey uh you know i'd love to integrate you know with your platform and then let's say I'm an advertiser and I come to you and I say the same thing. How does that process look like? Because we know that, you know, for, for a project's uh, longevity, there has to be a solid business model. Can you break that down for us a little bit for our viewers who are interested in that? Yeah. So at the moment, our core, uh, our core customer would be the publisher. So the publisher is the one who puts the video, they embed a video player on their site and that video player will play some content of interest that they have as a publisher. So it could be, you know, a news story or it could be um, like a video documentary or something like this. And then just before that, there'll be an advert. So we've all seen it all across the web. You watch a video on a site and there's an ad. We actually partner with Brightcove. So Brightcove are a NASDAQ listed company and they're one of the leading um, video on demand services for um, for brands. So they have a Brightcove web player and over 3000 publishers, over 3000 brands and publishers are using the Brightcove web player. So essentially it's just a really simple embeddable video player that you can put on your website. And we actually have basically a plug and play solution for that video player. So anyone who's using the Brightcove web player at the moment can easily switch Veraviews on. And from there we have very, very simple steps to 
um, get to the point where you're managing your campaign through Fairviews. So simply all you do is you switch us on through like basically um, a, like a, a small integration and then you create an account with Fairviews and you can access all of our campaign management suite and see all of your campaign details um, and metrics through our campaign management suite. So that side's really easy. What we need to do now is expand functionality outside of the Brightcove web layer. So obviously there's there's 3,000 uh, 3, brands using Brightcove right now, but there are tens of thousands, um, if not millions of brands worldwide that use or uh, would like to place their ads on video content. So some of these are using uh, players like JW Player, they're using things like Vimeo, who I'm sure we've all seen before, Dailymotion. These are all other video players that are um, used heavily by brands. Now we can think of these separately from like the YouTubes and the Twitch. They're very much uh, user-generated content, whereas brands will usually opt for something like Brightcove or uh, JW Player. And what we're doing is we're creating a, a, a header solution so basically just a, a tag that you can put on your website and you can interview, integrate um, Veriviews like that. So basically you just put that in and Veriviews is ready to go. So it's really, really easy. Um, and we're already seeing that the publishers that are on board with us have been able to set this up in typically like 15 minutes or so to the point where they've actually got it integrated on their site. Nice. So let's let's actually pivot just a little bit here and just go directly into the token itself because you guys got a great product. You guys are launching multiple products. What is the purpose and utility of Verocity's token itself? Why have you integrated Web3? Yeah, always happy to to talk about this. Um, and actually, it's it's really good to to drive it home because I think our tokenomics um, they are one of the most asked questions in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got um, the VRA token, which is an ecosystem token that has multiple uses. Um, but we've got we've got VRA that is part of the circulating supply. So it's around 10.3 billion at the moment. It's actually a little less than that because we've started doing quarterly burns. Um, and then we've got we've got proof of view marker tokens, we call them. Now there's 90 billion proof of view marker tokens. They don't contribute to the circulating supply of VRA. They're specifically used to basically send data in the background. So as we know, when we're interfacing with the blockchain, we have to have a token to basically send with transactions. So 90 billion um, of our VRA tokens are used just for that data circulation purpose within the proof of view ecosystem, uh, and they don't contribute to the circulating supply. So then the next question that we get after that is, well, how is VRA from the circulating supply actually used in the ecosystem and how does it derive its value? Well, when a publisher creates a ad campaign on Veriviews, they have to fund that, that ad campaign. So say an ad campaign is um, for a million dollars, let's say, they would have to buy, um, which is a, a big ad campaign, but just for argument's sake, let's say they buy a million dollars worth of VRA from the circulating supply, and they have to deposit that into an escrow pool. So there's that 
um, demand for VRA from the circulating supply when they're generating escrow pools to fund ad campaigns in Veraviews. Then, of course, there's all the other utility for the tokens. So we have uh, the Vera wallet where we've got a stake in the ecosystem as well. There's 15% at the moment like locked until next April. Um, and we also have the um, the Vera card, which has just came out in the UK, but we're going to expand it across um, Europe later on in the year. And that's where you can actually load up VRA and spend it in real stores. And then we're exploring the launch of Vera Pay as well, which is going to be like a payment solution where you can basically use VRA um, to process payments. And we're looking at countries where traditional banking infrastructure maybe doesn't exist. Um, so there's a lot of utility that we're bringing through for VRA. We've said quite a lot this year, and, and I'll say it again here, that Veraviews represents the biggest, um, the biggest opportunity for VRA utility. So we are already live with publishers, as we've um, shared quite a lot. So this represents the, the biggest avenue by which VRA from the circulating supply is going to be utilized. Let's get a little bit into uh, some of the new launches you guys have. You're getting into the payment sector. Uh, you know, there's a lot of competition there. What are some of the things that sets you apart that you believe gives you a competitive advantage, right? Because we're seeing a lot of companies move in here, uh, institutions as well. So it's a hotly debated space. I'd love to, I'd love to hear your take. doing it too, you know? Yeah, it's tough to compete. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one one of the things that we're quite keen on doing is is going into places that don't have traditional banking infrastructure. Um, so it would be like a, a payment system that kept costs low and would be incredibly easy to use. But one of the key um, things I think we've got uh, basically in our favor is that we already have a huge user base on the Vera wallet. So we have like 300,000 active users already who are transacting in Vera wallet and using Vera wallet. And they're from all over the world. So we support users all over the world, except for the USA and a few other countries. Uh, sorry, oh, thanks, guys. Um, but <laughs> we've already got thanks, yeah, three, <laughs> 300,000 users um, worldwide that, that use our, our wallet already. Um, so the payment solution would obviously link to that wallet and make it very easy to transact VRA. Um, so we think we've got like a, an advantage there. Um, also, we've just recently partnered with Damex, who are a basically a payment solution as well. Mm -hmm. um, but they're like go, going more down the uh, European route. And they're, um, they've been the, our partners in launching the Vera card. Um, so we've already got like a fair few links in that area that we could leverage uh, to create a payment solution. Are the, because I mean, I imagine there are going to be staking rewards involved with what you can load onto this card. Is that, are those tokens going to be taken out of the supply when users spend it? No, so when when you like top up the card, it's a little bit like the crypto.com card. So you would essentially you would essentially like sell the VRA and then top up in like your local fiat currency. Um, gotcha. But it would be, but it's like a Veracity um, branded card that you can only really top up with VRA. Um, but it's basically a way for us to provide utility to. 300,000 users eventually when it rolls out to other jurisdictions that have been accruing staking rewards in the Vera wallet and now they can actually go and use these for you know something in real life so 
The other thing that we think is really important about the Vericard is that it's it's the first time that um, we've had like a physical product that our users can actually like hold. Um, and actually, I've got it right here, so I could show it you if I managed Ooh. to keep the uh, managed to cover the the <laughs> we'll, thing we'll up. Blur it, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> but it's oh, like the it. first. It's like the first time that someone can actually hold something Veracity branded, and we really want to lean into that this year. And we're changing our branding. We're making everything, bringing everything up to what i would say is like a 2023 standard because obviously the crypto industry has moved on a lot and um, so we're bringing all of our branding up we're giving people things that they can actually hold things that they can actually use uh, another one of those actually i've got it right here is um for some of the first users of the vericard we're going to have um like a, a vericard branded like special wallet as well i don't know if you guys can see that a um, bit, yeah. into the background so we're doing a lot of things that that people can actually use um and we want to connect with that community in that way so vericard is it's also got utility for community building which is why i think it's a really exciting product yeah so what does it take for you guys to expand to the rest of europe and international i mean the united states sadly uh i'm gonna just be frank we suck our regulators suck so <laughs> it might be a little time for us but how are you guys approaching regulation and just being able to expand across europe yeah it's a really great question and just about the us thing I, we get a lot of questions about this and sometimes i feel really bad because I, I get like dms like um do you guys hate americans why won't you support like us in the usa why can't you use vera wallet it's it's not personal and obviously we would love to open up um like our products to, to as many people as possible but yeah like you say the regulatory um situation there just isn't a point where we would feel ready to do so um and that basically is is how the rollout of the vericard is determined as well so it goes out to regulation uh, to jurisdictions that have the the most friendly like crypto regulations first obviously we use um the wisdom of our partners at damex to do that as well because they have a lot of mm -hmm. uh, experience in these things um the uk is is really quite quick crypto friendly not so much on on taxes and that sort of thing um but certainly on um, adoption of new tech. So the UK was a, a very easy place for us to to um, make sure everything was regulatory, like watertight, and actually go to market with a card. Um, but also quite a few European jurisdictions are, are quite easy in that regard as well. So we're going to be rolling out to Europe first and then probably out into East Asia, which is going to be much more of a big focus for us in, in a lot of ways. Um, we've started doing events in East Asia, and also we're going to be uh, marketing Veraviews as a product in East Asia. So we've recently completed like a local langu language translation and localization for our products in Korea, Hong Kong, um, and a few other uh, places in East Asia. So that's probably how it'll go, like UK first, then Europe, then East Asia. That line's about up what I've seen with, uh, with a lot of other projects it's kind of like a lot of people are based in the uk does have pretty pretty friendly regulations so uh you know it makes me sad and i haven't been able to visit there in a while but i'm, I'm actually going to be uh coming out there hopefully some point this year i have a lot of a lot of folks to meet so maybe we'll swing by and, and say hi it's it's interesting yeah, too for southeast asia expansion because if i'm not mistaken you guys you guys had a pretty large partnership with a game called axie infinity a few years back 
Um, and I think they were going over, using the proof of views and everything interaction there. So do you guys just see a huge overlap through Indonesia, the Philippines? Because when I was running, I used to run scholarship positions with NFTs through the platform. Um, but ultimately, I think like 90% of my audience was the Philippines uh, primarily. Like That was like the, the main focus point. Yeah, so we previously had like a product vertical called Vera Esports. The the website is still live and we still mm. got the socials up. Um it's sunsetted for the time being because basically Vera View uh, Vera Esports um was like an esports viewership uh, platform and it was used primarily to test our proof of view technology and to test the technology behind Veraviews before we started really pushing that to, to the end users. Mm -hmm. So we wanted, uh, we wanted to be the publisher in order to test our technology and uh, Vera Esports was perfect for that. And yet, absolutely, I would say the vast majority of our traffic and our viewers to Vera Esports were from East Asia and it sort of showed us the power um the power of community in east asia we have a really huge community following um in china in hong kong in korea um, and also from the, the philippines thailand um, and we've got language groups like on telegram and and also across discord and this sort of thing for all of those um for all of those ge uh, geographies so we're really like proud of how big our community already is in those areas. Now we really want to expand like our commercial focus there. So obviously there's, um, I mean, when we think about advertising markets, um, the USA is the biggest and then we've got, uh, we've got the USA and then we've got, I think it's, um, uh, china and then we've got japan and then it's the united kingdom so the united kingdom is a huge advertising ecosystem and that's where we've got a lot of links so we're leveraging those first um but then it would make sense you know to go to japan and to go to china um in china we already have a patent for proof of view so we are um patented and ready to go in china to, to market our products to chinese publishers um and also the usa i mean we've said there that we on the crypto side we don't and we can't cater to usa residents but on the veraview side in terms of our actual product um we can of course onboard publishers worldwide and we already have patents in the usa as well so although there are some aspects of our ecosystem we we can't push forward in the USA in terms of actual um, business adoption, B2B adoption, that is something we are obviously going to do. So seems like you guys have a lot of ambitious plans over the next couple of years. We're getting close to the half hour mark of the show. I've only got a few more questions and then I have a fun one for you. But uh, so, so given, given all these plans, right, what can you give us on a, on a sort of a few year time, time skip, right? two, three years down the line, what are some key objectives, metrics that you guys hope to hit either in terms of expansion, user acquisition, uh, or just volume and metrics in general? Yeah, that's, a, a, I think, a really important uh, topic to touch on. So obviously commercial success for Veracity um, would be commercial success for Veraviews. So we've said this a lot and sort of pivoted quite a lot, um, I would say over the last year really into, into where our core focus is as a business. And that's basically the view now through, definitely through 2025, I would say, is um, adoption for Veraviews. So as we've already discussed, Veraviews sort of represents the biggest opportunity and the biggest utility for VRA as well. Um, so I think, 
maybe this is just a, a UK saying, but we say what's good for the gander is good for the goose. Um, so Vera views is, is the gander and um, its success would be good for the, all of veracity. So success for Vera views would be to onboard as many publishers and brands as possible. Um, and to do this, we do actually have a pretty clear path forward. So our path forward right now is to keep pushing out case studies. Um, we've already released two case studies on how well the efficacy of our product, um, so how well it, it blocks fraud. Um, earlier on in the interview, I said that a publisher would like to see that they have a 97% um a 97% real viewer rate. That's actually a, a, a data point from a case study that we released. We uh, identified all but 3% of fraud in a in an ad campaign, which is um, pretty far above industry standard at the moment. Um, so we're going to keep pushing case studies with the publishers that we're live with. Um, we're going to keep going to industry events. We've got loads of industry events lined up this year. We're at IAB Engage uh, later on this month. Um, then after that, we're going to uh, Can Lion in June. Um, so yeah, that's actually come around really fast. That's next month uh, where we're doing like a, a major networking event with 55 um, people from the advertising industry. And we're talking C-suite level, not like just 55 people who who like uh, <laughs> run Facebook uh, ads, like Mad yeah, Mad exactly. Mad. Yeah, so we've got um, <laughs> we've got fifty five like uh, C suite people coming to our to our networking lunch, um, and then we're going back to De Mexico, which is one of the biggest advertising events um, of the year in Cologne in Germany um, towards the end of the year. But actually, what we've done um, for our commercial expansion is rapidly expand our business development team. So Dan Hodgson came on as head of sales um, mid last last year. Since then, he's built out um, a really great sales team, most of whom are based in London. Um, those guys are on the ground, meet with publishers, meet with ad networks, meet with brands every single week. So um, I'm actually quite jealous because I work primarily from home as CMO. A lot of what I do is for the crypto community. I go down to London a lot to meet those guys, but um, they actually get to meet face-to-face -face more than I do. Um, and they're always out there evangelizing our product to the end user. So I do a lot like um, a product evangel uh, evangelizing um, to like people like you guys, podcasts like this, into the crypto industry. Um, but we actually have like a core dedicated business development team who are taking our usage data and um, giving it to end users. And that's really important because, as I say, the key determinant, just going back to your question of success for us, is onboarding users. And we can scale up pretty much indefinitely on that. Um, on that side, we can add as many users as, as would want a transparent solution. And we think that is going to be a lot of users as um, the need for transparency in advertising fraud becomes not just the, the standard, but it actually becomes maybe even a, a requirement um, through, you know, legally or something like this. Yeah, I'm curious to know, I mean, because you guys approach the advertisement fraud pretty heavily and you guys got a product for it. But with these publishers that you're working with, we're on the precipice of a massive AI advancement. And there's a lot of misinformation that kind of just scatters through the Internet. Are you guys looking at any products that might because I mean, let's talk about traffic for a, a second. When you're looking at polls that researchers and publishers are using to write reports and articles on, 
uh, the polls that they're taking could be completely botted. So have you guys seen ways you guys are actually helping uh, establish rage as a way just to kind of create more trust again with a lot of the reports and polls and uh, things that you've seen on with? Or no even even this, what I think is going to be super important. This is a little free alpha for you, man. You know what I'm saying? Take this back to the boys <laughs> and then kick me back a little something is uh, it's going to be really difficult to tell what content is AI generated mm. and what content is not AI generated. This goes for photos. This goes for videos. There's a viral video of Elon Musk saying <laughs> that there's a new testicle warmer in, in, the, in the Tesla and it sounds just like him. Um, so, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe proof of viewing viewership is more than just ads. Maybe it's about AI content. That could be a huge pivot, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is probably talking generally and, and you know, we don't, uh, we do use AI actually already in Veracity. I'll, I'll speak about that after. But for me, I mean, I sort of think if we have AI generated content, as long as it's accurate and as long as it's relevant, I'm not sure that is so much of a, of a problem as people might think, I've already like used chat. I've got the uh, a subscription to chat GPT four as a marketer and as someone who's been in the industry for quite a long time now, I think it's very, very important that we get ahead of the curve specifically um, marketers get ahead of the curve of using AI to their advantage. Um, that's something I really believe in heavily. And I've asked like the other guys on our team in marketing, please, you know, let's, see what we can do with this technology and see how we can can work with things like chat gpt4 i actually think on the marketing side in terms of like social media management and this sort of thing um there's going to be a, a a lot of jobs that are at risk um and i think things like this podcasts and um speaking opportunities are really going to be the only spot where humans um are still relevant in in marketing you know i, I don't think an ai My job is, gonna is safe be... baby <laughs> i love that you said the smo stuff we're working on some really cool stuff over here as well but i agree yeah i mean it's it's a scary time but you know i started working as in i guess my first taste of marketing was as a copywriter i i, I wrote copy mm -hmm. and i wrote a lot of copy um and we're seeing now that that job could actually be defunct in a few years if not already if if we were really being being honest because ai can really generate some great content in terms of video content i i think it can but i think we'll still see a lot of a lot of demand for like real human content so i don't think that's a problem um and we already use ai modules so we use ai and machine learning and we actually help train ai models um to detect ad fraud so obviously ad fraud and bots um what better to fight them with than than other bots and, and artificial intelligence it generates tons of data and it, it's just simply more than a human could um could ever sort of process so we use ai and machine learning pretty heavily in the back end of our ad tech stack to detect these uh, markers that would tell us something as a fake view so for instance it could instantly see if someone's joining from an ip address that's already on a, a blacklist or something like this so uh, i pretty much i welcome our, our new ai um overlords in some ways but i do think it's it's important to um yeah, to that they're not used in, in a bad way. And obviously you say Elon Musk there is pretty concerned about how they're being developed. And I do think maybe we need a moratorium on how quickly they're being developed because 
some of these things could easily fall into the hands of bad actors. And um, if that happens, I think them using it for ad fraud is probably the least of our worries as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I was looking at, uh, because I don't know if you saw, did you see the GOP video that was released in the United States that was generated with complete AI? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So that's where I'm like, actually looking, if you have proof of views and you guys are integrating this transparent concept, you'd actually be able to, through publishers, understand what is uh, transparently not botted and generated because it was, I was completely printed by AI, completely pushed, which let's be real. They're probably using some views that may not be real or not, but that's an interesting concept. It's really cool. Cause I mean, as we approach this, people aren't even thinking about this. I mean, I think- it's here. It's like six it's not even like this is six months away. Chat GPT, AI, machine learning, it's going to get smarter day by day, you know, week by week. Well, it's like, you know, the the paintbrush could be used to paint a beautiful piece of artwork or it could be used to be paint, you know, uh, you know, wanted poster or a piece of hateful content. So yeah. it's really what, what you do with it. I mean, the AI gaming president's trend on TikTok, I don't know if you saw that, but it was like U.S. politicians playing Minecraft together and they would be getting along. Uh, and it was that was fun, but you also have people, you know, using it for evil, and I find that just kind of interesting. But um, we're we're unfortunately out of time here. Uh, my last question is: there has been a viral TikTok trend recently about British Chinese takeaway. I gotta ask, what's up with that? Uh, do you guys not have um, takeaway Chinese well, takeaway? And my in- Chinese takeaway doesn't isn't covered in in curry sauce, brother. Oh, like that is out? the best. You you've got you've got to try that. Yeah, it's it's like a British institution that. So it's sort of like um, you can even get it on on chips. So if you go I to a, a fish and chip shop, you can get curry sauce. And it's sort of like um, I don't know if you guys have ever been like to Japan, but they have these like blocks of of like curry sauce that you just mix up Damn. with with like. I really want to go to Japan. Um, and it's essentially that it's just like this thick gloopy curry sauce that pretty much goes with everything damn um, man well I you know it. i'm i'm flying to london <laughs> again i was in london in 2019 um and i have to admit y'all have some of the best indian food in the world and i'm not flying to india to find out so that's probably the best i'm gonna get but let me tell you man i was psh, dude the next day was my flight out I barely made it to the plane, man. I, I had to <laughs> had to take some pit stops. But yeah. all right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you uh I'm gonna let y'all go here. Let's uh let's hear let's hear some some plugs. Where can we find your socials? Where can we find uh the best news about veracity? Uh whether it be Telegram, Twitter, Discord, yeah, uh, more email, importantly, whatever if there's you anything got. you wanna leave off the community with, uh that you guys have some exciting announcements or anything you wanna share um i mean we're we've recently well not sorry not recently we're just about to update our website so like i said there we're gonna bring everything up to like sort of a 2023 standard and make sure people know exactly who veracity is and what Same. we're doing so do make sure you keep checking out veracity.io um, and then the other big channels that we have are our Twitter, that's at Veracity Tech. And also on CoinMarketCap, we've got an absolutely huge following. We've got like 175K people after like three, four months um, of launching that channel. So follow us on CMC as well and see what we're doing. We publish all that news there. All right, yeah, we'll huge. have that linked all in the description below. Uh, so guys, go check out go check out Veracity. Uh, I'm sure they're building, you know, they're building some cool stuff. Maybe it's been updated by the time this is live. Um, so, uh, you know, go go take a peep. And, of course, let us know what your favorite uh, 
part of this interview was you know if you've been watching the whole way thank you all for for tuning in uh, and elliot thank you for being here man thanks a lot for having us it's been a really great interview yeah thanks for joining us today we'll definitely catch up again soon yeah come back soon anytime you're always welcome thanks thanks guys all right boys ready ready kryptonite <laughs> kryptonite out out let's go <laughs>